Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. This is your host, JP from Adlunum INC, speaking to you about Web3. And today we have a special program with a special guest who is the CEO, who is the CEO of uh, SafeCram, right? Before we begin, I'd like to inform everybody that views expressed on this program belong to the speaker and any information shared is for education purposes only. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, join your hands together and welcome to the stage, Ivan. Uh, the CEO of SafeGram. Ivan, say hi to everyone. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, glad to be here. I'm excited to, uh, uh, you know, share with you some of my thoughts and uh, looking forward to all the questions. That's awesome. Thank you, Ivan. All right, Ivan, so it's customary on the show for us to get an idea about the uh, man behind the ID. So, Ivan, what what made you dive right into the Web3, the Web3 space? Why don't you tell us a little about you, Jay? Uh, sure, yeah. I uh, actually started dabbling in uh, crypto back in 2012, right around uh, the time that it all, uh, you know, uh, started, so to speak. And um, if anybody remembers, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mt. Gox and all of those type of issues, uh, you know, I uh, have a fond memory of those uh, uh, times. Uh Obviously, as the time passed uh, in 2016 and 17, I actually uh, um, started spending a lot more time in crypto, uh, meaning that uh, as uh, that was kind of what I would call a uh, uh, a new boost to crypto. That was, uh, you know, I think we had a couple of waves of crypto. That would have been probably one of the most impactful ones because, um New projects were coming up with whole new concepts of what they were trying to do for uh, the blockchain, for the crypto. At that time, even um, if anybody remembers, um, uh, you know, Telegram, even back then, it was already starting to be used uh, uh, in crypto quite a bit. So it was very exciting for people to actually, uh, you know, learn new tools, uh, communicate, uh, find new solutions for, uh, uh, you know, new, uh, I would say, uh, crypto uh, uh, related projects uh, and uh, it was a very exciting time however you had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, issues in terms of you know uh, rug pulls uh, there w- it was a still a learning curve for everyone uh, moving on from then obviously we we see the 2018 19 and uh, 2020 um, right. And that's really where uh, a lot of my time has been uh, spent in crypto, uh, accumulating in uh, basically incubating uh, over, you know, $500 million in uh, projects um, over the last uh, few uh, years. And uh, wow. that was a very exciting uh, uh, thing. Um, I've gotten to uh, work on many, many different, uh, uh, you know, uh, I would say solutions, platforms uh, from DeFi, uh, NFT-based uh, projects, uh, you name it. So it was a, it was a great uh, experience overall in terms of, uh, um, you know, helping the projects um, come to fruition, 
from inceptions right. to solutions. So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, blessed to have been in this uh, industry and to have been, uh, I would say, uh, contributed to it the best I could. So looking forward to more quite a bit. Excellent. I mean, that that's a fantastic way to begin, right? It just starts with your interest being peaked, and the next thing you know, it snowballs into something as large as it has. Correct. Correct. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm certain a lot of us here in the room have, have heard about SafeGram, but in the briefest possible way, could you tell us a little about uh, what it is you do? And I'm asking you this only because you're in a very unique space. So to educate everyone in the room, could you tell us a little about what SafeGram does in essence. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I'll be um, um, uh, very simple in the uh, way I'm going to uh, put it together, and I will be very broad in terms of what we do as well. So uh, the best way to to put it is that uh, we are a uh, uh, essentially started as a project to resolve uh, a, uh, issues with the, um, uh, how would say, uh, remittance uh, problems mm -hmm. within the within the industry, meaning that um, crypto doesn't really cross over very good uh, into fiat. So, a uh, nice right. way to put it is we are the crypto to fiat bridge. If anybody mm -hmm. understands cross chain bridges or any, anything similar to that, they'll know exactly within that one term what we're trying to do here. And uh, so, we're the first crypto to fiat bridge in the industry. Uh, meaning uh -huh. that uh, we're able to cross one-to-one -one value of a crypto uh, to fiat in a transaction where uh, when by the time it lands in your, uh, let's say, your account or, um, you know, you're sending somebody money, the value will be one-to-one. -one. Now, uh, what are the nuanced differences between that? We'll go, I guess we're going to go through that uh, through the AMA, uh, AMA. but uh, the ecosystem itself has uh, brought into having a, a juggernaut, juggernaut liquidity uh, uh, DEX, what I would like to call it a curve uh, wars redefined DEX, and also a very unique uh, launchpad, which uh, is blessed to be also partnered with uh, Adlunum. So that and yeah, and that's and that's absolutely fantastic. I, I like how I like how you describe that. Uh, to to dive a little deeper, to dive a little deeper into into how this works. I mean. Um, what are some of the channels that exist in, in that, uh, you know, in that sense then to transition from, from crypto to fiat? Yes. Um, well, um, well, I guess we can probably discuss what's available out there on the market. Maybe that would be the best way and kind of, which is basically the question that you, you're introing. Uh, it's a it's a limited space in terms of how you can get in and out of crypto, right? You have only a couple of what I love to call gatekeepers. So you right. have, uh, uh, you know, Binance, Coinbase, Kraken. Um, if anybody's been in uh, early enough in the industry, everybody knows how bad it was to even sign up with some of these platforms in the beginning. It took uh, sometimes yeah. weeks, even months to even get accreditation to be able to use the platform. So uh, um, it was a long process. Obviously, now it's very, very a lot smoother. Uh, but uh, some of the issues still remain, and that's that they're centralized. They uh, they impose limits on what you can transfer, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and they require you to have money uh, stashed with them. And I'm sure everybody has read, you know, uh, has commented or even read about Coinbase issues. Uh, where if they do go, uh, 
you know, if they do go bankrupt, pretty much all the holdings that they have will become, uh, uh, will not be yours anymore. It'll be used to pay off the debts. So are you the owner of the of that money? I guess, you know, that begs a, begs a question, you know. Uh, but with us, um, with us, we have flipped that upside down. Uh, actually, we clean all that up for people where uh, we are fully decentralized. Uh, we provide uh, an ability for you to send money without us really holding any of your funds. You only are basically sending what you need to send through the through our uh, processing platform, and uh, even even the process of you converting uh, uh, money or anything like that is basically taken care of through the platform. Meaning that if you're sending anything, you're sending uh, that exact token that's available on the platform, and the rest of the stuff will be uh, addressed by the actual process, automated process itself. So you're not involved in, uh, I would say, uh, complicated accounting uh, uh, things for yourself where you're converting uh, money for uh, uh, gains and losses or anything like that in order to just send some some funds either to yourself, to your family, friends, or uh, to pay off something, uh, a bill, you know. So those are some of the very unique uh, angles to what we do. Uh, but I, I will explain a little bit more uh, uh, into that. Uh, hopefully that kind of makes sense to everyone. Yeah, it it does. It's it sounds like it sounds like you've almost cracked how uh, an expat would be able to spend money from say one bank to another, and even if it had to cross geographies, right, from one place to another. Correct. Right. Yes. Correct. Uh, the, the money that that lands uh, lands as fiat to fiat. It is um, at the last mile. It is a peer to peer, you know, setup. So basically, when it does land, it lands from uh, let's just call it in a very simple term, if Joe sends money to Mike, uh, mm-hmm. Adam will basically uh, address uh, that request from Joe and uh, deposit that money for into Adam Adam's account. Uh, Adam's account. So. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So, so this, this, of course, from an accounting point of view, you know, it's, you've got a system that's built around it. Uh, I, I want to dwell a little into the fact that there is, you know, a, a number of, of, maybe administrations, a number of geographies mm-hmm. that either haven't woken up to crypto yet or are, you know, um, consider crypto as something that they don't want. So, for example, I'm, I'm sitting in India and the regulations are a bit gray around how do we deal with crypto, right? Uh, how does that, so how does that, how does that work for you? Do you, do you see any, you know, uh, limitations uh, in exploring different geographies with, with that's concerned? The, the Remington, for example. Yeah, well, we're blessed uh, that the platform is digital, fully digital, meaning that, uh, uh, you know, the um, the process that, that uh, uh, involves uh, uh, the crypto to fiat bridge is a fusion between a decentralized um, system, infrastructure, fused with centralized, meaning that when we are uh, bridging that gap between the decentralized and centralized, uh, the actual institutional uh, uh, buyers, as well as com- uh, you know, accredited uh, broker buyers, are actually buying up uh, uh, the value of the money being sent from the from the crypto uh, side, uh, and then honoring the wish and sending it through the actual centralized system. So, what actually happens is that by the time it actually lands, it is a fiat to fiat 
um, I would say, um, uh, transaction between uh, the banks, uh, the accredited uh, broker accounts, and the actual receiver. Uh, so meaning that the destination address. So at, at the end of the process, uh, the crypto is basically already addressed through the uh, money sender businesses. It's also addressed through the bro- uh, broker account, uh, uh, credit broker accounts. So the sender, uh, the receiver itself, or the actual destination address, um, uh, essentially receives it as a fiat to fiat. So what that means to the uh, receiver is something that's uh, up to them in that uh, local jurisdiction regulation. Now, if you look at our website, we have uh, yeah. up to uh, about 120 plus countries that we can send to down. That list always changes, rotates, but you're able uh-huh. to send money via uh, a uh, you know into different parts of the world, so you can check individually for yourself, or you know anybody can check which country is uh, that they want to send money to. Now, the periods of sending the money are, for us, really a T plus zero. If anybody understands uh, money services, that means that we're able to settle the, 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 the transactions on the same day. However, when we're dealing with the centralized systems and going cross-border, there's some mm-hmm. limitations in terms of how the banks operate, meaning that uh, when the banks are sending the money, another bank or sub, uh, let's say that it's a subsidiary bank of a larger bank, it needs to process the accounts multiple times in order to get to that destination address. That means that uh, the length of that will be extended by whatever the, the process is. But on on the end of, uh, uh, in the perfect conditions, we're able to do a T plus zero, which is extremely important for people to understand. Majority of the industry is set up as a T plus two, T plus three. Well, actually, they lower that to T plus two right now, but... Uh, essentially, it's a, on the day of transaction, you need to wait two plus business days for the money to settle. So it's basically transaction day plus two more business days. Whereas with us, if if you are in the in the right conditions and under right circumstances, you can have your money land same day within hours of, of you sending, not even hours. It could be within the same hour. So uh, and that's crypto to fiat. Now, uh, what the. Uh, what uh, the actual um, some of these other um, gatekeepers are doing, they basically are holding the value of your money uh-huh. you have on your account, verifying that you have that money, and therefore sometimes they can send money earlier, but they're not really sending the money. They're making a payment into your account by you paying an extra fee for that and then knowing that they have your cash in your account and that you're good for it. For us, we we are processing it in a different format where you don't need to have uh, uh, the money necessarily with us. You are sending the money of what you were intending to do, and you're not paying anything additional to what the process is. The process will take care of it as fast as it's it's humanly possible within the ecosystem. So, um, in, in essence, uh, so what I'm trying to say is Binance or or, um, you know, Coinbase, uh, they have different ways of tackling some of the speeds, but they're not right. intrinsically correct. If they, if, if one, yeah, so, okay. Okay, now, um, uh, that, that, was, that was interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm obviously fascinated by the fact that you've got, you know, uh, you've, you've hacked the system in a way that you're able to send money almost instantly 
as opposed to the old systems where they had these exchanges and, like you said, subsidiaries that needed that much more processing time. Correct, correct. And um, the beauty of it is that um, because we do have to cross, you know, uh, uh, the both barriers. So there's, uh, you know, limitations to what we're able to do with uh, the monetary, uh, regular monetary system uh, as any, any other institution. But right. the, the, the ATM uh, portion of things that is actually built on a completely different decentralized network. So in that instance, when uh, uh, we actually roll those out, <clears throat> they will be fully decentralized, meaning that there won't be any of these uh, um, SWIFT-like uh, uh, centralized uh, movements between banks. We're skipping a lot of those issues and giving it to you basically directly, you know, without any of those um, uh, intermediary uh, delays or problems. Wow. Okay. So, so this is this is certainly something I'm I'm certain that a lot of us, you know, as we get into crypto adoption, will will want to see because you've managed to to create something that brings crypto to more real life applications, right? Correct. Um. So, so my my question at this point is, you know, considering you've got, uh, you know, a uh, hundred and eighty uh, countries that you can already send these remittances to, uh, you know, there's just a little over two hundred countries in the in the world all over. Um, what is, you know, what are what are the next places you see, as a matter of fact, that are going to be more adoptive where crypto is concerned? And I know that that number is small at this point; it must be around about twenty uh, only at this point, right? But do you, mm-hmm. what, what are the next spaces you're going to see that are going to have crypto being used more openly? Uh, yes, that's a great question. I, um, as you can see, uh, you have a, a couple of countries in the world that are already uh, trying to, um, um, you can call it peg or tether their uh, currency or their uh, holdings uh, as a country with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bitcoin or a crypto right. uh, uh, currency. Uh, so the attempt is already there uh, to, to, um, to make that more of a, on a regular basis and to move from the regular monetary centralized system to the centralized. Now, um, as you guys know, uh, there's also gonna be uh, a, um, uh, different currencies that the countries are planning on, on releasing from, uh, uh, you know, whether it's the United Kingdom and maybe US or other uh, uh, larger countries uh, that will have their own digital currencies. Now that's right. still in the works, but it will be fast tracked uh, throughout this year, next year, and so on. In the meantime, uh, the uh, the use of uh, Bit- uh, Bitcoin and other um, you know tokens are going to be here and pretty much remain because there's a viable. Um, the communities have shown that it's it's uh, organically a viable solution to uh, uh, basically a regular finance conditions. If you look at what we've been doing in crypto over the last years is we're replicating the, the real life or what I would like to call it more a traditional finance systems and applying the centralized solutions to them uh, with a uh, more accountability. Anybody that looks at the actual uh, release of tokens, uh, you know, for a project, they typically look at whether or not it has unlimited uh, amounts of uh, minting. 
And 90% of projects today do not, uh, you know, do not mint anymore. Uh, they have a hard caps uh, post to it. So yeah. it's not a soft cap or anything. But if you look at currencies in many countries, they can print whatever they want. So okay. um, in many ways, we're mo much more accountable to our constituents uh, or, or users, uh, right. you know, uh, as project owners and as uh, just the community at large uh, across the entire industry um, to the user base than uh, maybe more of the centralized systems that have enjoyed the monopoly on, on how they, uh, the uh, monetary financial systems work. So um, just to kind of finish off on your question, what I would say is that the, uh, uh, the regulations will be sped up. Uh, you will see many of different tokens in the industry uh, prop up. You can already see a lot of uh, um, other uh, places trying to uh, use Ethereum, obviously BNB and, uh, and other ones as a uh, means of, uh, uh, you know, of value that they can uh, use for fiat. Now, we're doing, in a sense, DOT plus uh, DeFi, uh, uh, you know, smaller tokens as well. And uh, so it's a very unique uh, uh, thing that we're doing where, it's not just a big like Bitcoin or Ethereum. That's where we stop. You will see basically smaller tokens, uh, uh, you know, on on the actual um, uh, through the bridge and through our ATMs that are able to be acquired. So what that means is a person that doesn't necessarily use uh, regular, you know, um, internet as much. Maybe an older person they can take their cash out of the mattress, go to All one right. of our ATMs. And uh -huh. just deposit at a very, very low fee. Um, and I will tell you what the fees are now. The fees are between two and a half to two to three and a half percent on average on our ATMs, which is pretty much anybody that uses ATMs in their lives, they yeah. know those are pretty much in line or one of the lowest fees you you can enjoy on ATMs. Uh, so we're not we're not adding any special uh, additional fees to that. Whereas you see some other um, uh, how would say, um, Coinbase, I mean, um, other ATMs that are, have gargantuan, you know, um, uh, fees on there, 15%, 10%, 20%, and, and that limits adoption. So we're here for a win-win situation, but, um, I think I probably digress quite a bit, but, uh, um, that's kind of my input on, on where we are. No, no, fair enough. I mean, it's 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 good information. It's and it's good to know that you know, uh, Ivan, that you you're leading the space in making this more accessible, more adoptable. Uh, because the 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 larger the population that starts getting into crypto, you know, the the better the world becomes. Because that's that's unanimously what we all believe, right? Everyone in this room, mm -hmm. right? And we're here uh, primarily with that same objective in mind. Right. So, um, so, so, uh, kudos to you, uh, and, and, mm -hmm. and your team, right, as well. Uh, so my, my next question then, my next question then, um, goes to, goes to this, right? The same way that you have the current financial system having certain security measures in place and the, the, the constant, you know, thought of, uh, of security where finance is concerned, uh, currently, how how secure do you see the the network that it is and it's not just limited to the company but overall you know um how how do you see um how secure is it how secure is this is the the, the system as a whole 
Um, if if you're referring to the entire uh, uh, you know blockchain industry system, uh, and then uh, applying it to what we're doing as a company, I can tell you that uh, the crypto in, uh, itself has intrinsically uh, built-in securities. Where, for example, let let's just mention in layman's terms, uh, use of uh, Windows or any of the uh-huh. softwares. Those are built by centralized companies for centralized uses that are trying to now get on cloud, have all of these abilities for people to use multiple things, but, uh, you know, it, it, like to basically uh, communally use the, the platforms, but they've never been intrinsically built for that. And also the, the fact that you need to have, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, obviously McAfee has, oops, obviously McAfee has passed away, but I will just use that as an example in terms of the, uh, uh, probably people know the name. Uh, that is an actual, also a, a security, um, security uh, um, a company in terms of uh, um, you know antiviral, antivirus, and all of that. You need those type of companies uh, or those type of tools to be uh, in, you know in, installed in your computer in order to even use computer because it's got so many loopholes. It's got so many open, uh, you know, um, areas where hackers can get in. Crypto, it's hermetically closed for the most part, meaning that it has a built-in redundancy and a built-in safety net where even if some uh, portion of that can be hacked into, they can't hack into everything and it self-corrects itself. You know, you have to have extremely powerful systems that are not yet available not only to users but even countries to be able to even accomplish, uh, you know, messing with one transaction, let alone a multiple. So most of the mistakes you see in crypto are based on some some uh, coding issues that either the coding team or the actual, um, you know, uh, the actual, you know, coding mistakes or actual misses within the actual uh, or open items within the actual code that have allowed somebody to uh, exploit uh, the service. But it's in itself the blockchain does not have uh, that many uh, you know uh, ways for you to be able to uh, compromise it. Um, on our end, we're using uh, basically a decentralized form of Swift since we're talking about this. In meaning right. that uh, we're using the blockchain to be able to uh, uh, send, um, it, it, call it essentially a decentralized messaging system for uh, for. Uh, Swift-like messaging system for uh, uh, money and remittance services, meaning that we're sending the information to centralized uh, uh, players as well as decentralized players to be able to across an entire infrastructure to be able to send uh, uh, you know the funds in the right way. So we're as secure as they can be. Obviously, on on the Swift system that's being run on Windows, uh, I believe seven. Uh, you know, uh, that's basically run by centralized banking systems. I think it's, it was even worse before. I'm not sure if they upgraded that, but that's something we don't control. Obviously that's, that's something that's uh, used by traditional monetary systems for decades now. So, um, so we're secure in our end. Um, and, uh, I'm, I do know that, you know, most of the banks that we also, everybody interacts with are as secure as they can be based on the systems that they use, so. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, so if there's a vulnerability, it'll be at the last mile of perhaps, you know, uh, a banking system, if, if any. And there are right. ways and methods to, to counter or rather to, you know, fix that. 
that that's effectively what you say correct yes okay okay fantastic so and that that by the way ladies and gentlemen was a question from one of our community members stan uh the next question ivan that i've i've got for you comes from one of our members called uh francis uh so francis wants to know is that um you know uh, a lot of uh the interface for a lot of projects is you know sometimes coupled with high gas fees right which is of course mm-hmm. a turn off um are there any improvements that you see or rather that you know that get are there any improvements are there any solutions that that feed into the system that eliminates that uh you know where these transfers are concerned does does that factor in as well uh when it comes to remittances I abs- I absolutely love that question uh, and uh, it's something we're going to probably focus a little bit better to explain to folks the, what we're actually doing and how that's uh, important. So uh, let me uh, answer that in the best way possible. Uh, when you're sending money through our uh, bridge, uh, you are simply sending it from your decentralized or centralized wallet, whichever that is, whatever you want to use. I do recommend centralized just because uh, of... Uh, redundancy in uh, in ability to uh, correct anything that uh, there might be a mistake on uh, inputting data from the uh, from the actual sender meaning yourself um, so uh, what I would uh, say is that when you're sending it you're only paying the fees that you would typically uh, pay fees to send money from one wallet address to another meaning that you're not paying any of these uh, astronomical fees to to uh, bridge, uh, you know, like, for example, bri- cross-chain bridges, they incur a certain amount of cost, they incur, uh, incur a certain amount of slippage, anywhere between 1%, 2%, maybe more. Obviously, when you're, when you're converting tokens in order, uh, you know, multiple times in order to, to uh, even get to a satisfactory token that you can even uh, convert on a bridge, then convert, I mean, you have multiple steps, probably about five steps. Uh, uh, we can probably even go through that, uh, you know, in detail. But let's just say there's five to six steps. There's only one step here. You, right. you essentially take the exact value of what you need to send, and it's going to basically indicate what that is in BNB or ETH. Uh, we're going to basically mm-hmm. list a bunch more tokens on there. We're doing this on, on for a reason because... Uh, we um, uh, don't need to add as many tokens right now because we have a huge liquidity pool in the background um, that's being tapped into by uh, institutions. So it's easier for us to just have uh, some of the main ones. But as long as you actually are transferring that token, all you have to do is send it to the uh, administrator wallet that's indicated in the actual uh, platform and the process starts. So you're not converting you're not changing to another uh, chain or anything. So you're able to right now use B, uh, BSC chain and Ethereum chain uh, with no problem. And that's a huge deal because you know how much gas fees are on Ethereum. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. I yeah. So, so I mean, in, in, in terms of the fees, they're, they're pretty much completely nullified by the system because it's it's doing it all for you. You know, it's all being t- taken care of. If you're sending money through a decentralized wallet, you're mm-hmm. sending it might, it, on an Ethereum, typically even during the really costly times, it might be a couple of bucks. Where, right. uh, whereas if you uh, are swapping it on Uniswap or any exchanges mm-hmm. or you go to cross-chain bridge, you're going to pay 
30 bucks, 50 bucks, 300 bucks. And I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen some of these astronomical fees. And uh, we're just talking about you bridging from BSC, maybe to uh-huh. Ethereum, then swapping the token in order to conform it to the right token that, for example, Coinbase would accept, and then sending it. Whereas with yeah. us, none of that needs to happen. All you have to do is send this uh, a token uh, into the wallet, everything else is taken care of. No conversions, nothing else. Just make sure you have BNB or ETH, and we're going to have a ton more listed, so you're going to have even easier a- ability to do that and more. And when I say that, it'll be uh, Avalanche, Solana, uh, Phantom, uh, Cardano. Um, right. You're going to have a lot easier way to uh, you know send money. And um, and you, you're going to essentially avoid a lot of these headaches that uh, people are incurring now and uh, losing a huge amount of money just to send maybe 500 bucks or $1,000 to themselves or even more, whatever that is. So, exactly. um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, Ivan. I mean, that, that, I think that that puts it in perspective because right now in, I, you know, I've got a vision in my head that you know you're gonna have one of these days you're just gonna have a card that that's gonna be that's gonna be your wallet right and you're gonna use mm-hmm. it uh, transfer money across the world uh, you know withdraw it if you want to from any ATM anywhere um, right correct so yeah absolutely <laughs> actually actually let me put it this way you already have that in your own uh, wallet on your phone that's why mm-hmm. this whole thing was built if you really think about it. Your wallet is on your phone, therefore your own walking bank is what we typically tell to people. We are only providing you that fusion between digital and physical. So instead of you going to a brick and mortar store, now you got an AT- SafeGram ATM at every corner where you can go and and just cash out money. Uh, that local fiat, by the way, not not some other fiat. Then you got to go to a bank. Local fiat. So if you're in India or if you're in uh or if you're in Philippines or Indonesia where cash is king or even in the Middle East, and pretty much cash is still king in many places. People don't really understand the, the value of that part. But none of these other players are, ca- are tapping into that. We are. So the fact that you don't have Coinbase running with ATMs, you don't have uh, um, uh, Kraken or uh, Binance really tapping into that. Yes, you have mon- MoneyGram and and, uh, you know, Western Union uh, trying to do something, but they're uh, dinosaurs when it comes to, uh, you know, knowing what to do with this centralization. So they're trying to partner with multiple things. We have everything within one place, one house, so to speak, for you to be able to tap into. That That's amazing. That that truly is that truly is amazing. I mean, you know, kudos to you and the team again. Uh, we, we're coming close to the end of the program, so I'm going to ask Natya if she has a question, uh, and then I have one more for you before we end the show. So, Natya, is there a question you'd like to ask Ivan? Um, sure. Uh, did you ask me to ask a question? Is that what you said? I didn't hear well. I'm sorry. My apologies. I was hoping, no, I was hoping our co-host, uh, Natya, uh, if she oh, had okay. a question, yeah, she had a question for you. If not, then I have one more before we end the show. Perfect, perfect. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nati, you'll have to unmute. Uh, you are as a speaker, so you press the little button on the mic, and then we can take your question if you have it. Okay. 
looks like it looks like the location she is has maybe some uh, internet issues. So, Ivan, as your closing thought, right? We'll uh, as as your closing thought. If you had uh, a, a wish and you would want people to know this about the utility uh, of, of of crypto everywhere, right? In terms of not just adoption, mm-hmm. but using it in in your day to day life. What would mm-hmm. what would your message to everybody be? Uh, oh, that that's that's a great question. It, it's um, as you know, very hard to explain to people the difference between blockchain and the centralized uh, type of uses to send because everybody lived so long within the traditional system. So I've spoken to uh, IBM, uh, you know. Um, uh, technology experts that didn't really understand crypto. It took 30 minutes to really for them to grasp the issue. So I don't expect everybody to understand it. I think it's uh-huh. uh, I think it's more of a uh, use it. You will start understanding the impl- implications of it. Um, I think that um, the best way to put it is this will be the solution to not pretty much I don't want to say everything in life, but it will be a solution to all the headaches that uh, we see from, uh, you know, um, inflations to uh, accountability with uh, even, um, uh, you know, uh, not only the transactional, but accountability for lost, uh, uh, you know, goods. Uh, I've, I've been privileged to actually work with, and work on um, and consult on projects that were, you know, um, I would say trying to address even car part, uh, you know, uh, um, I would say solutions where somebody would be buying, you know, um, uh, you know, OEM products, meaning original, uh, you know, manufacturer products or equivalent to manufacturer products. And uh, uh, things like so it's it's about uh, bringing back accountability, authenticity, uh, uh, transparency uh, right. to all of us across the globe, and uh, fusion, fusing that with uh, with uh, freedom to do whatever you want to do with your own funds. Nobody else is controlling them. You don't have to hide your money in a in a mattress. You can mm-hmm. use the blockchain to live freely um, across the borders, wherever you want within the globe. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, um, that, that's, um, uh, that's a great wish for, for everybody. And I, I'm certain that we're going to realize that soon. So Ivan, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Thank you so much for being on this program. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Uh, likewise, I, I had a wonderful time and thank you for all the great questions and, uh, I look forward to seeing you all in the crypto space. Thank you. We, we certainly will, Ivan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Before we end, please give Ivan a reaction on, you, you know where the buttons are. You can use all of them if, you, if you'd like. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Uh, you know, we will be back with a new show next time, uh, next week at the same time at the same space. Uh, this is JP from Adlunum INC speaking to you about Web3. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye, everyone. All right. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum. 
the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 